Welcome to Real Money, Real Experts, a podcast where leading financial counseling and coaching experts share their stories, their challenges, and their advice for helping people manage money in the real world. I'm your host, Rebecca Wiggins, Executive Director of the Association for Financial Counseling and Planning Education, or AFCPE. And I'm your co-host, Dr. Mary Bell Carlson. I'm an accredited financial counselor, or AFC, and the CEO of Chief Financial Mom. Every episode, we're taking a deep dive into the topics that personal finance professionals care about, helping clients, building community, and your professional growth. Welcome everyone to Real Money, Real Experts podcast. I'm Rebecca. And this is Mary. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. So we are really excited to have Sarah Croymans on the podcast today. Sarah is a longtime AFCPE member. She's also an accredited financial counselor or AFC, and she's an extension educator with the University of Minnesota Extension Center for Family Development. She has a ton of financial counseling experience with disaster survivors, gamblers, and even military service members and their families. Sarah's also helped us a lot as we developed our partnership with FEMA, given her focus on financial resiliency and her research in the disaster financial preparedness space. So we thought it would be a great opportunity to have her on the podcast and share some of that expertise with us today. That's so true, Rebecca, especially with the unprecedented nature of this global pandemic. I'm really looking forward to getting your perspective, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, we're excited to have you as one of the first guests on our show. And first off, we'd like to ask you to tell us a little bit more about how you got into the world of personal finance and a little bit more about your background. Sure, sure. Well, um, as Rebecca shared, I, I work with the University of Minnesota Extension, and, and I grew up with Extension being a, a longtime 4-H member and, and really value um, their mission to bring resources out to people across the state. And, and um, I really found my niche in, in our Center for Family Development, working with folks to, to help them make informed decisions um, with those critical life skills. Um, and so, as Rebecca shared, I do a lot of work with military service members and their families, with gamblers. Um, we do a lot of education and financial capability, the disaster preparedness and recovery, tenant education, looking at family transitions. So we, we do a lot of different things in extension, and that makes life interesting. It sounds like, too, oh, I know that my experience with Extension is always reaching out to the community. So really, you work for the University of Minnesota, but your outreach is to the entire surrounding community. Tell us more. How does it reach the entire state or how do you work? Yeah, yeah for sure. So I'm a regional Extension educator out of our Morris Regional Office. So um, West Central Minnesota, if you envision the hump that goes into the Dakotas, I'm out in that part of, of Minnesota. Um, but our work really is statewide. And, and so we do a lot of consumer education as well as um, working with agency staff, frontline staff that are doing financial education with, with consumers across the state. So helping them um, gain access to resources and materials and to help them develop their skills so they're better equipped to work with with clients. So, so yeah, and we do a lot of partnerships with organizations and agencies across the state. So it's it's a great, great work that we do. And it's pretty comprehensive, it sounds like, that you've been able to educate not just local community, but clear across the state. And, and I would say even further, probably with video and some other uh, venues that we have today to use. 
Tell me a little bit more because you've got further education beyond just uh, working with Extension. It seems like you've also had some experience with the military and some other things. Tell us what you've done there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I am part of the Military Families Learning Network, so MFLN, and they provide uh, professional development for military family service providers. And um, our Minnesota team provides leadership for the Family Transitions Concentration Area. Um, MFLN also provides education in the areas of personal finance. So Barbara O'Neill and Marty Gillian, uh, who you're familiar with, give leadership to that. Um, there's a military caregiving, a family development, a community capacity building, nutrition and wellness. So we all provide education and resources, again, for those military family service providers so they're better equipped to work with those service members and, and families. Um, so MFLN is, is a great, great program. I encourage folks to check that out. And they do offer free continuing education um, credits. So um, the, the personal finance group provides that that would really benefit the AFC. So check that out if you haven't already. Perfect. Yeah. And we'll include those links in the show notes as well. Now tell us you've been not only working with the military, but you also have been working with gambling in your past. Tell us more about that. Yes. Um, in my part of rural Minnesota, I happen to be close to a residential gambling treatment program. And so my colleague, fellow AFC Shirley Anderson Porsche, and I do financial counseling there with gamblers and family members as part of their residential treatment program. So we have an opportunity to sit down with those folks and, and do a, a budget or a spending plan. We definitely look at, at debt and, and help them strategize um, how to manage that. So um, gambling is, is truly a, an addiction that, that impacts folks in many different areas of their lives. So it's, it's been a great learning experience to work with the gamblers and, and the residential treatment program. You've really covered a lot of fields in a very short time. That's amazing how much work you've done, and we appreciate everything you've given back. Tell me, you've been involved with AFCPE for quite a while. Tell us how you've been involved and what your AFC credential has meant to you and your career. Hmm. Yeah, I have been a member for, wow, quite a few years. I, I can't even remember how long, but but um, it, it's been quite a while, and, and I've served on the the newsletter committee, and I sit on a, a committee that that helps look at the AFC testing. So looking at the the test items, and I think I've been on a couple other committees perhaps as well. So I've I've enjoyed getting to know people across the the nation um, through my committee work, and my AFC has really served me well. Um, because of that, I have been able to do the financial counseling uh, with gamblers, um, as well as with military service members and their families. So it has really opened a lot of doors for me. Yeah, I think that's one of the things with the AFC credential and, and the other credentials that we offer is it really does provide the opportunities available. And you've really taken advantage of a lot of those. One of them that we'd like to know more about is it you have a lot of experience working with FEMA and disaster relief. Tell us what you've learned from your time serving with those who are going through difficult times. Definitely. Um, FEMA is a, a great organization. They've um, you know, got reach across the nation and, and a lot of really great resources. Um, if folks haven't seen their, their EFAC, their Emergency Financial First Aid Kit, check that out. You can find that on their website. Um, many years ago, um, there was uh, a flood 
in a small town in, in southeastern Minnesota. So back in 2007, um, they, they were hit by heavy rains resulting in nearly 300 homes being damaged. And this was a little town of about 17, just under 1,700 people. And overnight, um, you know, the homes were damaged or lost. Almost 80 businesses were, were impacted and many people found themselves out of work. And through extension, we were able to go to that community a couple of years after the flood and visit with, with um, a variety of people. We talked with business owners, city officials, um, farmers, a lot of residents, young families, old, older families. And we got to hear a lot about what the, the disaster experience meant to them. Um, and they were able to share some collective wisdom uh, for others who may end up going through a disaster. And as a result of those interviews, the University of Minnesota Extension was able to develop a recovery after disaster, the Family Financial Toolkit. And then um, shortly after that, we developed um, some a video series that goes with that. But because of what we learned there, we have been able to share a lot of information with folks and, and agency staff on things to think about related to finances um, so people are better prepared to withstand a crisis or a disaster. That's fantastic that you've been able to have that focus group and really learn from people that are directly affected and impacted. Was there anything that surprised you during the research? Wow, that, that's a really good question. What surprised us? Um, we were su maybe not surprised, but we were impressed on how resilient people are, how resilient communities are. People come together and they work together um, when when they're they're faced with with challenges such as a disaster. And and um, you know, hindsight is is really clear, right? After disaster, people are like oh, I wish I really would have had an emergency fund, or I really wish I would have reviewed my insurance a little closer prior to the disaster. And, and so, you know, people are really thinking about those things following a disaster. And, and so when we, we translate that into preparedness, we, we can learn from that, right? And, and we can, as financial professionals, um, help the clients we work with think about those things ahead of time so it's not so painful afterwards. I love that you use the word resiliency. We talk a lot about that in the military and in other populations. Tell us what resiliency means and how each of us can become more resilient. Sure, sure. You know, sometimes we think about resilience as the ability to bounce back. I always think about it as, as being able to bounce forward because it's oftentimes hard to bounce back. Um, our, after a, a challenge or disaster or crisis, our, our future probably isn't going to look exactly the same. So there's going to be a new normal there. And, and so resilience is, is to, to go through that adversity and, and come out okay on the other end. And, and hopefully, um, things might be a little bit better, even though they are a little bit different. 
you know, we're all going through that right now. I think in this current pandemic of figuring out how to become more resilient. And I love that you use the word not bounce back, but really looking forward and what that new life looks like for you. So many of us could really take that same idea and expand it in our own lives as well as personally and professionally to help others. How can we best as service providers provide financial preparation messages to our clients and to those that need them? Oh, good question. You know, I think um, financial preparedness is, is not just a step or an event or a program. I think we need to embed that into everything we do with our clients, right? So if we're working on on budgeting or developing a spending plan? Do we have an emergency fund built into that or encourage the clients to do that? Are we evaluating insurance? And, and so really it should be embedded in everything that we do with clients um, rather than a separate program. Because oftentimes people are like, oh, I'll deal with that afterwards. After we get through uh, paying off debt, after we you know buy the house, after we do whatever. And oftentimes we, we don't get to, to that later. So if we can embed uh, the disaster preparedness into all of our activities, um, that the client will be better off. And it prepares everybody for whatever may stand ahead. We, we can't predict the future. And yet that will help us know how to be prepared for for any disaster or any personal crisis that comes up. Sarah, I want to go back and reference something that you mentioned earlier. You talked about a recovery after disaster, the Family Financial Toolkit. Tell us a little bit more about this and where our listeners can go to find more information. Definitely. The Recovery After Disaster, the Family Financial Toolkit is available on our University of Minnesota Extension webpage. So just go to extension.umn.edu. And easiest thing to do is search disaster toolkit. And um, I have to mention my, my colleague and fellow AFC, Phyllis Onstead. She's now retired from Extension, but this was really Phyllis's project and I got to go along for the ride with it. But again, we, we developed this following our, our interviews down in Rushford, the, the Southeast Minnesota town after they had their flood. But it is um, full of strategies and tools, given it's a toolkit, um, for folks to use. So it provides um, some key strategies for financial recovery. So helping things, um, people think about how to document information, where do they um, obtain accurate information. We know in times of crisis and even now with the COVID-19 situation, um, there's a lot of information out there. Not all of it's good. So we want folks to, to be able to access accurate information. There's resources in there about taking care of yourself, helping kids cope. Um, and there's a really nice piece in there about encouraging people to accept financial help, whether it's just someone sitting down and, and helping people think about their situation or figuring out where to go for resources. Um, because it's difficult for a lot of people to ask for financial help. Um, so understanding that, that it is okay to do that. And then also just thinking about the whole disaster recovery process. Um, what are case managers in a recovery system and how do you work with them and and is there a long-term recovery committee there available and what kind of financial professionals might I work with um, but so we we've got resources in there to help people think about 
uh, if they're able to return to their home and what that means financially if they're not. Um, some things to think about related to cleanup, if it's a tornado or a flood or, or other natural disasters. Um, one of the, the units that I really like is, is called Where Am I Financially? Sometimes people don't know where they are financially, right? What, what kind of income do they have? What kind of debts do they have? Uh, what other kinds of commitments do they have? So helping people figure out where they're at and can they can they withstand another um, payment? For example, if there was um, a tornado and they needed to repair their home, could they withstand another a second mortgage or a loan to do that? Um, so lots of, of really great resources in this toolkit. I love the breadth and depth of the resources that you have in that toolkit. It sounds like it's good for both service providers as well as consumers. And I'm even thinking out loud that many of our service providers could even directly send their clients to the website and get help, or they could go on their own and learn more about it. Definitely, definitely. And and I think I mentioned earlier, there's a video series that, that goes with, with each of the units in the toolkit. And so um, we're, we were trying to meet people where they were at, you know, written toolkits might not be for some folks, but they might be able to sit down and, and watch a, a short video to, to access some of the information as well. So those are also available on our University of Minnesota Extension website. Thank you, Sarah. That's that's really great information for our professionals. I have just one other question for you that I've, I'm kind of curious about, actually, is how there might be differences or similarities, I guess, to how we would help our clients become financially prepared for something like this COVID-19 crisis. Are there, are there things that are different in terms of how you would advise clients? Or do you feel like this really falls into line with the stuff that you've prepared already around the Family Financial Toolkit? You know, for sure, there are a lot of similarities in, in for example, a natural disaster such as a tornado or a flood and, and a pad, pandemic such as, as COVID-19, right? So a lot of the same strategies or steps we'd encourage folks, you know, um, make sure you have adequate insurance, um, make sure you have an emergency fund, um, do you keep your debt load low, you know, all of those sorts of things. But obviously, you know, there are some major differences as well. Natural disasters may be unexpected or, or you know, maybe we're expecting a really uh, wet and uh, spring and and the snowfall, you know, so we're expecting some flooding. So so there are some things there where we could really plan ahead with flood insurance and other things. But oftentimes those natural disasters may may come on really quickly. Um, and in those cases, you know, the, the disaster itself, the tornado comes and leaves, but then there's all of this aftermath and a very long recovery um, time where, where folks need to work through all of those major decisions. Um, and of course, with natural disasters, there might be major loss or, or damage to property, um, right? My, my house might get flooded or, or blown away or a tsunami might come in and do major damage. Um, but on the other side with a pandemic, my, my home probably isn't going to be damaged, right? But there may be that income loss, um, which we might see in a natural disaster as well. Um, and, and it's really longer term. You know, how long have we been in, in the COVID-19 situation? It, it's going on for a while. And we're not quite sure when that's going to happen. But a lot of those same things, right, do 
How are my finances? Did I have some reserves? Um, and and I think we can, if they were predicting it a little bit, but, but we didn't know how that, that was going to impact us. Um, I guess the nice thing, and I don't know if this is a nice thing about a pandemic, but a lot of people are experiencing it, right? So people are not alone. And we've seen a lot of great resources um, and assistance, um, the the economic impact payments, um, not huge, but but you know many folks benefited from those um, through the CARES Act, which you guys did a couple great webinars. I loved those. Ryan did a, an amazing job on those. Um, you know, so a lot of people are experiencing the same thing, and then there are a lot of resources out there. Whereas in with natural disasters, there may not be public assistance through FEMA available. That's often far and few between. So so. Um, the pandemic has brought some good resources, not not always as much as we would like, but there have been some great things out there. So bottom line, there are some similarities, but definitely some differences as well. Okay, thank you so much. That's really interesting. Okay, so we are at the at the end of our interview. And with each guest, we like to close out with something called your two cents to, to have your biggest takeaway for our listeners. So Sarah, tell us what piece of advice you have for the financial professionals who are listening that are helping others through disasters and maybe specifically through this COVID-19 disaster right now. Sure. You know, when I think about disasters, I, I hope that that as financial professionals, we can really help our clients hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. And so, you know, chances are everyone in their lifetime is going to encounter a, a disaster or a crisis or two or three um, of some sort. And, and so planning and preparing can really help give people the confidence that they need to better position themselves to withstand the situation. So building in that disaster preparedness along the way with everything we do with clients, it can be super beneficial. Sarah, thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing all of your information. There's so much that both service providers as well as consumers can learn from, and we appreciate everything you're doing and wish you the best to continue on. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to join you today. AFCPE is really focused on supporting and connecting our professionals and making a lasting impact in our communities. This week, we'd like to talk about how our members are impacting their local communities with free counseling services. So as you know from our last episode, AFCPE is offering free virtual financial counseling and coaching services thanks to funding from Wells Fargo Foundation. And we're just really very proud that our professionals are able to provide vital financial counseling and coaching services to people in need and who are struggling financially as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. But it's also a really great opportunity for financial professionals to help anyone who has financial questions or is facing credit or debt issues. We know people were struggling long before the pandemic hit. And as Sarah shared today, it's really important to make sure that we're prepared and bounce forward for this new normal and for things that will be unexpected to come as well. And as you all know, AFCPE professionals aren't just highly trained and unbiased. You understand that money is complex and emotional, and you're really the perfect combination of expertise and empathy, which is something we need now more than ever. So if you're interested in getting involved in this specific initiative, 
please go to our website at afcpe.org forward slash COVID-19. We have a bunch of resources that you can use with your clients. You can also volunteer to help out with the initiative right from that site. And then we also have a communication kit on there. So it would be wonderful if you could help us spread the word so that more clients have access to your expertise and empathy. We also wanted to mention that the AFCP award nominations are officially open. We want everyone to be able to receive accolades for the hard work that they're doing. Award season is a great time to elevate the innovations and good work that's happening in our field. Please use this time to reach out to a fellow AFCPE member and encourage them to apply. Or head to afcpe.org to learn more about how you can apply. Applications are due by July 13th. Thanks so much for listening today. Please make sure to subscribe to our bi-weekly podcast available on many of the channels you get your podcasts from, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes. As always, we want to hear your perspectives, so go to the AFCPE website and tell us more about your thoughts. You can also follow us at AFCPE on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and join the conversation. Tell us what you think using hashtag RealMoneyRealExperts, and we can't wait to hear from you.